Another top prospect is set to debut and injuries are taking a toll on several rotations. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, August 4th. I'm Al Melker, and I'm here with Michael Beller. And, uh, you know, it seemed like Monday might be kind of a light day, a little bit light on the schedule, busy, busy weekend, but uh, a few few big stories, Michael, so let's get right to them. And actually, earlier on Monday, uh, the, the looked like the big story was going to be the promotion of Joe Adele by the Angels. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the latest prospect to get called up and additional good news because uh, Mike Trout was back with the team. And uh, the Angels really needed that good news because we also got a diagnosis on Shoei Otani. It's a, a flexor pronator mass strain. He could be done for the season as a pitcher and almost certainly done as a starter for this year, but he is day-to-day as a designated hitter. Uh, so let's uh, go back to Joe Adele. What's your expectation in, in terms of uh, where he can make a big impact in fantasy? I think he can make a big impact across the board. I mean, again, I think this is a situation where even in this year, you probably don't bring Adele up unless you're planning on getting him plenty of playing time. I think it'd be a stretch to expect him to play every single day considering the makeup of the Angels roster. I just don't think there's going to be a spot for him to play every single day. But you got to believe that they would not bring him up basically right after the service time window closed uh, if they weren't going to get him into plenty of games. So I think you're going after him across the board. It should be noted that Justin Upton has not been swinging a particularly hot bat thus far this season, so maybe that is another avenue to more playing time for him. I just think that he is uh, someone who has to be owned across the board. We're talking about one of the very best prospects in baseball, a guy who has basically checked every single box at the minor league level and seems set to be an immediate impact sort of guy, right? I'm not saying he is Ronald Acuna or Juan Soto, but we've become accustomed to these major league ready prospects coming up and making that impact right away. I think Adele could be the next guy in that line. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even in shallower leagues where I think you could, you know, you could question that he didn't do that great when he got promoted to AAA last season. And, uh, you know, he may not play every single day, but you just you got to bank on that upside because in the shallower yes. leagues, he he's easily replaceable if it doesn't work out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the upside is, is very tantalizing to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get to what uh, on Monday night actually turned out to be possibly the biggest story uh, of the day and, and a very unwelcome one. Uh, Mike Soroka had to be helped off the field uh, starting for the Braves and uh, was later diagnosed with a torn Achilles. So he is out for the season. And as we were discussing briefly offline uh, before you know, starting the show here, you know, you raised the point that this maybe has some dynasty implications too, because with this, you know, we sometimes, I'm sometimes forget, I shouldn't necessarily say other people are doing this, but it is August. Uh, and mm-hmm. sometimes I forget in this, uh, you know, late uh, season, this short season uh, that, uh, you know, it's a late injury that could have implications for 2021. Got to believe it will, right? I mean, a, a torn Achilles in late August. We've got uh, another right, – this season just started. We've got another season starting, hopefully, a normal season in about seven months. 
uh, there's just no way he's going to be ready for the start of the 2021 season, which is a real shame. One of the real bright young lights in the majors, uh, a guy who seems set to uh, be a frontline rotation starter for years to come. So at this point, we just got to hope that this is not something that messes with his, with his career long term, and hopefully he can get back on a mound, you know, somewhere in the middle of the season next year, and be the guy, be back on the trajectory he was already on. But a tough blow for fantasy owners, obviously a very tough blow for the Braves as well. Yeah, very much so. So we have uh, Otani done most likely as a starter for 2020. Mm -hmm. Soroka definitely done as a starter. And uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, not sure about the severity of this at this point, but he had to leave his start uh, in Milwaukee early with a sore shoulder. So just as he comes back, uh, he's probably going to be shelved for some period of time. So, you know, you start, you have pitchers that are owned at different levels and in, in different types of leagues. Uh, but, you know, the common link here is that people are going to be looking for those uh, rotation replacements. So a couple of names stand out to me, even in um, some leagues that uh, aren't necessarily that uh that shallow uh chris bassett and spencer turnbull not very mm-hmm. highly owned in any of on any of the platforms and i'm not really sure why um so those two stand out to me as uh you know probably not in 15 team leagues but maybe something that's shallower than that uh any other pitchers that stand out to you or you know do those two uh stand out as priorities for you yeah, Turnbull's a great call. Uh, we knew coming into this year that he was going to have good strikeout stuff, 146 Ks and 148 and one-third innings last year. And consider the fact that uh, before that, he had all of 16 and one-third innings to his name in Major League Baseball. So uh, I think there was good reason to believe that there was strikeout growth potential for him, and we are seeing that in the early going this season, 14 Ks in 11 innings. He's definitely one who stands out, and I think it's going to be one where the the ownership rate just climbs and climbs steadily. Uh, as you said, probably not 15-team leagues, probably already owned there, but any other format. And if, hey, you're in a 15-team league where he is out there, then I would definitely be grabbing him. Um, you've got another name listed here, Kyle Freeland, and that's one who's probably maybe a little bit more available. Interesting start to the season for him, right? I mean, we've seen him have plenty of success pitching half a year at cores, and we know how fleeting that success can be when you have to make you know approximately half of your starts in the best hitters park in the majors. But uh, I, you know, once a guy does it once and is able to not get crushed at home, I, I'm more willing to believe he can do it a second time. And this season, you're not asking him to do it too much. So he's another one of these guys who I would be putting some stock in after what we've seen from him this year. And it does feel like someone who's maybe a little bit more of a realistic replacement option for people who are in slightly deeper leagues. He'd be someone who I would turn to if those first two guys you mentioned, Turnbull and Bassett, were were off the board. Yeah, I think that framing is exactly right, Michael. And uh, just as an example, uh, DVR and I are in the 15-team Tet Wars Auction League, mixed auction, and Freeland's been passed over in the first couple of fabs there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you know, he's available in that 15-teamer, there's a good chance he's probably available in your 15-teamer. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying back in for sure for exactly the reasons that you cited. Looks like he's showing that his 2018 season was probably legit. Uh, some White Sox news. Nomar Mazzara was activated on Monday. However, he did not start on Monday uh, for the White Sox. It was Adam Engel that got the nod. I really don't know how to read that exactly. But uh, what are you thinking longer term from Mazzara? Um, is he relevant for 12-teamers at this point? Should we stop and, and uh, kind of just watch and see how the, the playing time shakes out? Uh, you know, what, what are your expectations there? 
Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the fact that he didn't get the start Monday night. First game back, I mean, when was the last time he played in anything, right? I mean, he wasn't participating in those few exhibition games. He wasn't participating in the White Sox intra-squad game. So it's been a while since the guy has played a competitive baseball game. Uh, I don't read anything into it. Let's get his bat available. I'm sure Rick Renneria will work him into the starting lineup sooner rather than later. I would expect him to see expect to see him in there tonight. Um I think he's relevant pretty much across the board. One thing that helps him in the short term is that Tim Anderson is on the DL, and obviously he's not going to suddenly play shortstop, but the White Sox have a lot of moving pieces, even with Nick Madrigal up. Uh, You move him over to short. You've got Larry Garcia who can play a little bit of shortstop. It just opens up more avenues for playing time when you have a regular like Tim Anderson, uh, unavailable at least in the short term. So I think that's going to help him. And obviously the White Sox, didn't necessarily have a need for a player along the lines of Nomar Mazzara. The fact that they uh, were so aggressive in going after him this offseason and making the move for him suggests to me uh, that this was someone they really wanted. It's um, you know sort of a right-handed heavy lineup when you think of you know the key players, uh, uh, Tim Anderson when he's back, Jose Abreu, Edwin Encarnacion, uh, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez. So that left-handed bat that Mazzara brings, I think, is an attractive thing for this team to have, especially with the three-batter minimum this year. Uh, I think he's going to be basically a regular, and even though the heights that he maybe hinted at earlier in his career, we don't feel like he can get to those, still a useful player uh, pretty much in any fantasy format. So uh, I admit when, uh, when he was activated, I went and checked out in any of my leagues to see if he was available. He was not, but I think that speaks to the value he brings. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a, the right interpretation there. And we've got some news out of the NL East. Uh, not good news for the Mets. In fact, they had three players missing all or part of uh, their game on Monday. Um, Jeff McNeil was a scratch, a late scratch with a tight lower back. And then Robinson Cano and Ahmed Rosario started that game, but they were each lifted, uh, Cano with a tight groin and Rosario with a tight quad. So we'll uh, keep tabs and see. Uh, how that situation plays out. And we're going to talk a little bit about Cano a little bit later on. So uh, we'll just uh, sit, set him aside for a few <laughs> minutes here and move on over to the Marlins. They return to play on Tuesday and uh, they have at least part of their rotation set up. Pablo Lopez is going to make the start on Tuesday, followed by Eliezer Hernandez. Jordan Yamamoto has been called up. So presumably he's going to be in that uh, rotation. And Jorge Guzman uh, was also called up, but will initially pitch out of the bullpen, but maybe a, a, a rotation option down the line and maybe not too distantly uh, down the line for the Marlins. So, you know, I think we're all waiting to see exactly who suits up and uh, what kind of lineup that the, the Marlins put out um, on Tuesday. Uh, also, in terms of teams uh, that have been paused, uh, the Cardinals, of course, have been paused. Uh, on Monday, it was reported that they have uh, 13 uh Players and staff members with positive tests, seven players, six staff members. So that Cardinals uh, Tiger series has been postponed and Cardinals will be on pause till at least Friday. In Twins news, Rich Hill was scratched from his Tuesday start against the Pirates with a sore back and also some mild fatigue. So everybody was moved up. Jose Barrios will get that start. So if you're uh, if you've got uh, if you're planning on starting Hill or you've got Barrios in your daily lineup league, just bear that in mind. And a little bit of bullpen news out of Seattle: Austin Adams, who was initially thought to be part of that closer mix. He could be activated for the Mariners road trip, which begins early next week. So um, as somebody who has Adams and has Taylor Williams, uh, that could have implications for a number of relievers. So, Michael, let's move on to the back to the Monday schedule and some players. And I promise we talk again about Robinson Cano. And before he left that game, 
uh, on uh, on Monday. He went two for two with a walk, so he got on base all three times, drove in three runs, and he's really been hitting the ball well this year. So uh, you know, be good to see him back in the Mets lineup sooner rather than later. It's you know, it's a small sample for him and for everybody else at this point. But uh, you know, are, how encouraged are you uh, about what Cano's done so far? Very encouraged. He's a guy who I never worry about. I was really taken aback by the season he had last year, 256, 307, 428. I mean, you go back over Robinson Cano's entire career, literally his entire career. This guy always hit. And so last year just seemed like sort of a strange season for him. And at 36 years old last year, you know, there's good reason to wonder, is this the end of the line for Robinson Cano? Obviously, even if he has a good rest of the year this year, he's getting close to the end of the line. Uh, But he was someone who I felt like could be a very good bounce back candidate. I always expect him to hit. I think even though it's a very small sample we're dealing with, this is the guy who we've known for, you know, 15, 16 years now. So I think that assuming what uh, whatever he left with on Monday isn't going to be anything too serious, he's certainly someone who I have a lot of confidence in for the rest of the campaign. All right. And then a couple of pitchers who really uh, made an impression on that mm-hmm. Monday mm-hmm. slate. Uh, Alec Mills of your Cubs against the Royals. Now, I don't know if that this is one we chalk up to the to the matchup, uh, but Mills tossed seven scoreless innings, only got six swings and misses out of 98 pitches, though. Uh, Derek Holland a little bit more successful in terms of getting the swing and miss, and I like this statistic a lot for Holland. Throwing a lot of sinkers so far in his first two starts, and in the uh, Monday start against the Twins, through uh, through 53 sinkers, 15 of them called strikes. That is a ridiculously high ratio there. So Mills, Holland, either one piquing your interest. They both do. They both do, certainly. I'll, I'll talk about Mills since I was able to watch a good amount of that game. Uh, dominated the Royals, obviously. The, uh, the, the matchup has to be noted when we say that. But, you know, this Royals team isn't totally bereft of talent, and they've been actually, I think, hitting a little better than a lot of us expected them to this season and go back to his first start of the season. That was a, it was a game against the Reds. Mike Moustakis and Nick Senzel were out of the lineup for the Reds still, but six innings, just two hits, two runs, only three strikeouts in that game too. He's not going to be a big strikeout guy, but he's shown really over his entire career and definitely in these first two starts an ability to induce weak contact. And that is you know, almost as good, not quite as good, but almost as good as being a strikeout guy. Weak contact is regularly going to get you out. It is rarely going to lead you to any sort of significant damage. So I like what he's doing. And even with Jose Quintana potentially on his way back, I think it's hard to push Alec Mills out of the rotation. He's probably the obvious choice, but I think you still got a few turns through with him. And I think right now that he stays in the rotation and Jose Quintana is the guy who works out of the bullpen. Uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, uh, on a related note, I actually decided to drop Quintana before mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. week and needed the IL spot. And given how long he's going to be out, and it was a twelve-team league, so uh, you know yeah. th- if that happens, uh, that's that decision's going to you know look like a good one. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mel's certainly earning the spot uh, with his first couple of starts. Uh, time for our featured read of the show. This one, as you know, is often the case, is from Eno Saris because anytime Eno's got something on the athletic, it's worth reading. And, and this one definitely is the command and stuff report. Uh, so this one, it's uh, been out there a couple of days, uh, but still very much worth looking at. Um, so uh, uh, definitely a novel way to look at pitchers and uh, maybe change the way you think about some pitchers. So uh, do check that out. 
And uh, on that note, that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of your subscription by going to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. Everything in The Athletic is part of the subscription. And if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we'd greatly appreciate it if you take, take the time to do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 